The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. It's an honor for me to be here in my home diocese to mark. Episcopal Relief and Development Sunday. Over 25 dioceses around the country, and I certainly hope the Diocese of Massachusetts is among them, have passed resolutions designating the first Sunday in Lent as Episcopal Relief and Development Sunday. And we hope that this summer, at General Convention, there will be a resolution doing the same for the entire Episcopal Church. I thought this was a wonderful idea, until I pulled up the readings for the first Sunday in Lent and realized I'd have to preach on them. The Old Testament lesson, the epistle, and the gospel all teach us about the power of rebirth through water. In the Old Testament lesson, it is the flood and God's new covenant with all living creatures. In the gospel, we hear about Jesus' baptism by John in the River Jordan. In the epistle, we learn how baptism saves us all, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. That good conscience is articulated for all of us in the baptismal covenant that we as Episcopalians recite whenever we baptize our new member. It's one of the principal vows we make, and it is in its essence to respect the dignity of every human being. That vow shapes our lives as Christians. <coughs> However, I don't know about you, I'm not always sure how I'm supposed to go about doing that. Sometimes it's not easy to respect the dignity of every human being. In Matthew, though, Jesus gives us the answer. Inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. That call, that challenge by Jesus, describes how we are to fulfill our baptismal covenant and is at the heart, and is at the heart of what we at Episcopal Relief and Development 
are trying to accomplish. I remember in the aftermath of the tsunami, a flood in many ways not unlike what poor Noah and his family endured, that I couldn't watch the television coverage. It was simply too upsetting. Those hundreds of thousands of people left dead and homeless and destitute in the wake of that terrible wave. The tragedy was too vast for me to comprehend. On the Sunday after the tsunami, before I was even president of Episcopal Relief and Development, I was sitting in my church in New York and was stunned to discover that my church, our church, Trinity Church here in, Con in, in Concord, the Episcopal Church, was answering Jesus' call to service. As a church, we were responding and reaching to answer Jesus' mandate in Matthew 25 to welcome the stranger, care for the sick, the homeless, and the lost. Let me share with you how we are not only answering Jesus' call as individuals and as a church, but helping others to do the same. Izuru is a 24-year-old goldsmith from Hambantota in Sri Lanka who lost his mother, his wife, and five small children after the tsunami. His house was completely swept away. He had literally lost everything of value in his life. Through a partnership with the Anglican Diocese of Colombo, you gave Izuru the necessary support to help him get his life back. He started on by getting the tools to rebuild his business, and slowly he was on the road to recovery. Several months later, Isuru returned to the diocese with just one more request. He asked to be referred to children orphaned by the tsunami so that he could care for them. And there were two children who needed his care. They had lost both parents in the tsunami. And Isuru happily committed himself to paying for the children's food and educational expenses through secondary school. With the money he earns from his work, he continues to provide for them to this day. With just the initial support from you, Isuru gave back so much to help others impacted by the tsunami. And Isuru, no matter how far away he may be from our lives here today in snowy Concord, is a part of our community. Your generosity helped him, so profoundly injured himself, answer God's call to heal a hurting world. Isuru's story is typical of the transformative impact of our work around the world. We enable those we help to help themselves and those around them. Let me share another story with you. In Puno, a region in the southern part of Peru, 30% of the population, the majority of whom are indigenous people, suffer from chronic malnutrition. Elena, who lives in Puno, is a wife and mother of three. Her husband is an alcoholic and doesn't contribute to the family's welfare. Acting as the head of the household, Elena works nonstop to support her family. In the community of Uros Trulini, where Elena and her family live, the only mode of transportation is by boat, in order to distribute and sell food that she makes to support her family. Elena needed to rent a boat. This limited her profits and her mobility. She could barely make ends meet and didn't have enough extra money to send her children to school. 
Elena learned about a microcredit opportunity organized by the local faith community, part of which included the Anglican Church. And in that microcredit opportunity, she identified a means to improve her business and life prospects. Along with several other borrowers from her community, Elena formed a community bank. The bank provides small loans for people living in poverty that do not require the traditional collateral that vulnerable people do not have. Most people in Alina's community speak the native dialect and have never learned Spanish. This hindered past development efforts. But Alina speaks Spanish and Amara and acted as a translator with the local credit officers. This enabled the program to move forward. And as a result, Alina was able to purchase a rowboat with her loan. Her profits increased immediately, and now her children attend school. Elena has also been able to expand her business to include the sale of handicrafts and candy. With support provided by you through Episcopal Relief and Development, Elena was empowered to become self-sufficient as well as to help her community and her family. <laughs> it may seem funny that answering Jesus' call to service involves women like Elena starting community banks. But, you know... God works in mysterious ways sometimes. Not every story has a happy ending, however. It was the end of the day. Albert was walking towards his home. A single path, hidden in tall grass, eight kilometers off the tarmac road, in the bush in Zambia. He was carrying his book bag carefully, an exercise book and a tiny pencil, wrapped tightly in well-worn polythene and homework that needed to be done. <laughs> but first, he was looking forward to the family's evening meal with his mother and father and three younger sisters. Albert is the firstborn. He doesn't know exactly how old he is, but he can read. After supper, he has chores to do. As he approached his compound, he knew immediately that something terrible had happened. Silence. Silence and no smoke. Then he heard the weeping, his mother, his grandmother, and his sisters. His sister Esme's body was lying on the only bed. The fever from early in the morning had developed quickly, and Esme had died just as quickly. Albert was sent to fetch the priest, who lived only a short distance away, just a short half-hour walk. Malaria is the leading cause of death in children under five in sub-Saharan Africa. In Albert's village, babies aren't even given a name until they're over a year old. For the chance of them being alive and needing a name is so remote. But Esme had been named. She was going to begin school next year. Albert was sent to fetch the priest. A half hour's walk. A young child's half-hour walk. Imagine that priest having the knowledge, the tools, the training, the nets, the volunteers to prevent the needless death of Esme. And not just Esme, but all those children not yet named, not yet in school, being protected from malaria. Specifically malaria, as it affects communities living at the end of the road. Eight kilometers off the tarmac, a young child's walk. 
But Jesus is calling us to transform this tragedy through service. We can heal this hurt. Episcopal Relief and Development and our partners in Africa, with your help, have just completed a campaign to distribute one million long-lasting insecticide-treated nets. This effort has protected nearly four million vulnerable men, women, and children from malaria. Over 10 million have been reached with important education on the causes of malaria. And we estimate that the lives of 12,000 children like Esme and Albert and her sisters, have been, lives have been saved. Let us be bold and imagine a world without malaria and needless death. Imagine Esme and Albert and their family asleep safely at night, asleep under a net. Esme going to school. As I stand in beautiful sanctuaries like these around the country, I'm reminded of the story of one of the big cathedrals in England. I think it was probably Coventry. that was severely bombed in the Second World War. The roof was destroyed and the windows were smashed and the walls were very heavily damaged. Miraculously, though, the statue of Jesus, with his arms outstretched, suffered no damage, except that the hands were knocked off. When reconstruction got underway, people naturally wanted to replace the hands. No, the dean said, we won't replace the hands. They serve as a wonderful reminder that in this world, Christ has no hands but ours. Amen.